You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, without further delay, I would like to bring your attention in the book of Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. So this is Paul writing towards the Philippi, the church in Philippi. Uh, we're going to read in New Living Translation. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For His sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that, so that I could gain Christ. Amen. So he uses the word garbage. Uh, in in, in uh, King James Version, he uses the word dung. So that's more, uh, you know, that's more dirty word there. So that's why I chose to read NLT for your sake. Amen. Praise the Lord. So tonight, I will be talking about uh, with the, the message that says, The priceless value of knowing Christ. The priceless value of knowing Christ. Let's pray. Let's ask God for His anointing tonight. Jesus, I thank you and I love you. Thank you for your presence, what you're already doing in this house. Thank you for the reading of your word. I ask for your anointing. Minister to us. Help us, Lord, to have a grasp of your word tonight. And let it change us, oh God, like never before, Lord. Hallelujah. And let it bless us, Jesus, as we walk continually. Hallelujah. In the path that you hallelujah, showed us, Lord. I thank you in advance for what you're about to do. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. The priceless value of knowing Christ. Who, who, know, do, uh, who knows here um, Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs. So if you, if, you, uh, if you don't know, Steve Jobs is or was the co-founder, the chairman, and CEO of the well-known technology brand, that we all love and enjoy, Apple. So you may be using uh, phone, iPad, laptop, that brand, Apple. So Steve Jobs um, was, the, uh, was the CEO and the founder, co-founder of that brand. And he died a billionaire at the age of 56 uh, of pancreatic cancer. And... Here are his last words on the sickbed. He said, I reached the pinnacle of success in the business world. In others' eyes, my life is an epitome of success. However, aside from work, I have little joy. In the end, wealth is only a fact of life that I am accustomed to. At this moment, lying on the sick bed and recalling my whole life, I realized that all the recognition and wealth that I took so much pride in have paled 
and become meaningless in the face of impending death. He said, you can hire someone to drive a car for you, make money for you, but you cannot rent someone to carry the disease for you. In the, and then he said, as we get older, we are smarter. And we slowly realize that the watch is worth $30 or $300, both of which show the same time. Whether we drive a car worth $150,000 or a car worth $2,000 or $20,000, the road and distance are the same. We reach the same destination. That's his last words when he was in, uh, he was in a sick bed. He is a well-known billionaire. And he came to a point when he realized that all the things that he have achieved, all the things that he made, he realized that none of those things matters. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21, Lay not up yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. It is a reminder from the Lord Jesus Christ that as we live in this world, as we, you know, as we do our daily lives, we get busy on the things that we do, He reminded us that no matter what we do, don't, don't lay up your treasure here in this world because things in this world are all temporary. It doesn't last. And he said that for where your treasure is, there will be your heart also because lots of people put their heart on the things that doesn't really matter. And the Apostle Paul had an understanding of this principle and reflected it in his life as he served God. He told the Corinth, he, he told, uh, you know, so, so he wrote the uh, book of Philippians. The book of Philippians is known to be the epistle of joy. Written by the Apostle Paul while he was in prison. That despite of the difficulty he is in, he still managed to encourage the people there. To rejoice and to look forward or to look ahead because of God's faithful promise and purpose. That your past and present situation has no match for what God has in store for His people in the future. That there is hope and resurrection. Paul faced opposition from Roman regime from, uh, by, the, by, by proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord and King and Savior. Plus, he was constantly questioned about his authority as an apostle. He was always questioned by the experience how he was converted and how he encountered Jesus. And he was questioned by his past, by the way he caused havoc in the church. The story of the life of Paul was dramatic, intense, and miraculous. And so, we want to take a little peek and learn 
about Paul tonight. Just a few stuff about the Apostle Paul. The first record in here of him mentioned is in Acts chapter 7, verse 58. Paul, who was also known as Saul of Tarsus, was present during the persecution of Stephen, the first Christian martyr. In Acts chapter 8, verse 1, Saul, the Bible said that Saul was one of the witness, witnesses and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. And in verse 3, the Bible said that Paul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them in prison. So from that, you can see how, so you, you can see uh, his personality, the way he does things, he's very stern and aggressive. Paul is also a student of Gamaliel in Acts chapter 22 verse 3. He said that he is a man of Jew, born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in the city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God, as ye all are this day. So which means, not only Paul is aggressive and stern, and you know, he is also an educated person. He is a learned person, smart one. He learned from Gamaliel, one of the prominent Pharisees and a doctor of the law. He is also a Jewish and a Pharisee, he himself. In Philippians 3, 5, and 6, he said that he is also circumcised at the eighth day, the stock of Israel. He is from the tribe of Benjamin. He is Hebrew of the Hebrews. As touching the law, he is a Pharisee himself. Concerning zeal, he persecuted the church about the righteousness which is in the law. He did it blamelessly. It means that he, was, he obeyed the law perfectly. He tried to be religious to the best that he can. Paul is also a Roman citizen. In Acts chapter 2, verse 24 to 29, where he was locked up in prison when the soldier, Roman soldier was about to beat him up. And then he told them that he was also a Roman citizen. And because of that, they withdrew because they were scared. That they don't want to uh, attack or put into wrong trial a fellow Roman citizen. So I told everything of that just for us to understand where Paul is coming from and how he did ministry at the latter part. That Paul, in his heart, he has a zealous desire to serve God. And to do what he thought that is right according to the law or to the scriptures. But everything changes for him when Paul encountered Jesus on the way to Damascus as, at the Acts, uh, in the book of Acts chapter 9. Sometimes it all takes is just one encounter from our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. One moment with him can transfer and, and, and change our whole life. And our life will never be the same as we encounter the Lord Jesus Christ. We all need to experience His power and love in our lives. Paul only knew the law, but had no relationship with God. 
And I know this by myself, the way how I experienced the love of God and how He filled me with the Holy Ghost. And that's when everything started to straighten up in my life. I wasn't always like this. But by God's grace, I am what I am. Because of His grace and love and mercy, He brought me out from that sin. He brought me out from that kind of life that I was living in in the past. And God called me and put purpose. Hallelujah. And that through that, God has used me in declaring the word of the Lord as a preacher. And so I could somehow relate to how Paul was called. I am here standing behind this pulpit not because I was qualified, not because I was gifted or talented or had any connections, but it's only through the grace of God. And tonight, if you are here or if someone's watching online and if you're looking for a change in your life, now is the time for you to encounter Jesus Christ. You need to encounter His love just like the Apostle Paul, how he encountered the Lord Jesus Christ and how that everything changed for him. You might have said to yourself, I wish I was born in a different generation. Or you might have said to yourself, or I wish I was born in a different life, born to a different family. If I can only just do all things all over again. Well, the fact is, sure, we can't do that in our lives now you cannot start all over again and but i have a good news for you but you can be born again into the kingdom of god and let god change you paul was blinded in the physical so he can have revelation and see in the spiritual by being in born in water and in the spirit that's why Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 3, and He said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We all need to be born again. We need to have that experience and encounter that, that process of being born again. If you regretted your life in the past that you didn't like that, but now you have now the chance to live a life differently by being born again, by being born in the water of the Spirit. So you can see things clearly in the kingdom of God, just like how Paul see it clearly, how it transformed his, perce his perception about the kingdom of God. It turned his life around 180 degrees. So from, from all the information that I've shared, you can understand that Paul the Apostle had all the rights. He had all the privileges. He had the respect that he needed or he, that he received. He had a job that he thought would work and fulfill and complete his life by the status that he had before. But Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, he said, he said that even though that he had those kind of stuff in his life, in, in, in Philippians 3, 7, he said, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Tonight, hallelujah, I just want to encourage everybody 
Sometimes you think that the things that we possess, the things that we are trying to pursue, you, you, could, you could say to yourself that these are all valuable. The reason, the, thing, the, the reason all the stuff has value, it's because we put value, value into them. And what happened is, if we, if we do that, at the latter part, I pray that we will have the same realization as the Apostle Paul. That he said that once all these things, I thought they were all valuable. But now I realize that these things are all worthless. Because all the things in this life I could have achieved, I could, hold, I could, I could gain all these things. But none of those things would match in compare to the relationship that I had with the Lord Jesus Christ. The priceless value of knowing Christ in my life cannot compare to the things of this world. Church, we are blessed. We are so grateful that God has called us, that God has saved us, that God has brought us in this place and changed our life. And we have now a relationship because of His grace. Hallelujah. We are blessed, church. If you only realize the privilege that we have by just knowing our Heavenly Father, our Savior. Many things in this world we value so much, but in the end, it would be of no use. When a person in this world, you know, when a person is about to face death, what do you think will be in his mind? When life starts to flash right before your eyes. What would be the first thing that what would come, comes in into your mind? Do you think we still care about the cars that he possess? Oh, I haven't done my change all yet. It's about to die now. <laughs> I haven't changed my winter tire yet. It's going to snow. I'm about to die now. <laughs> Do you think that those are the things that, the thoughts that would, a person would think? In his deathbed? Or would he think about the house that he have, Or all the leaks and all the repairs that needed to be done? Would he be caring about that when the person is about to die? Would he even remember his suits? Shoes? Expensive watch? He's about to die. And all the things that he could ever think is, where did I put my suit? Where are my dress? Would that be this, that kind of thought that a person would have in his mind when he's about to die? Would he be bothered about who won the championship in the basketball, in baseball, or hockey? Who's winning? I'm about to die. I want to know who's going to be champion this year. What score is it now? Is that the kind of thought that a person would have? Well, probably maybe there's somebody that you know. I don't know. Probably that's possible. But that's messed up. <laughs> that's messed up. I wouldn't think about any of those. Or would a person go back over his life? Would he think about the things that he has done, he has accomplished, the things that are really matters to them, the family that they have. Is that, what, do, what do you think would be in the mind of a person that's about to die? Life in this world is 
Very short. The Bible said in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 14, Whereas ye know that what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. That's our life. It's just a smoke. It's just a mist. It's just a, a vapor. It's there, and then it's gone. To put things into perspective, how short our life is, in tombstones, you know, if you go to graveyard, you see tombstones, you see names of the person, you see quotes like for me to crisis, you know, to lie at crisis, uh, I forgot the quote, my, uh, my mind is messed up. <laughs> anyway, there's an RIP. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. You know, so, so in Tombstone, there are some stuff that you can read. And then there's also date of birth and death. Like, like for example, let's just say uh, this name's person, so-and-so, and then born 1923, died in 2023. Let's just put it that way. So that's 100 years. You think 100 years is a long life or just, <laughs> that's really long. I don't want to, I'm not sure if I'm going to reach that age. 100 years old. But let's just put it that way. 100 years old. Born 1923, died 2023. 100 years old. You live your life. You've seen, witnessed everything, experienced everything. But I want you to realize this, that our lives that we spend here on earth is just, a short, just as short as the hyphen. That when we read, do we realize that our lives is just summarized as a hyphen? Born 1923, hyphen 2023. Whatever your date of birth or however how long is that, your life in between is just a hyphen. That's just how short our life is in this world. No matter what kind of achievement that you have, no matter how rich you were, at the end of the day, you see in the tombstones, date of birth, where your life started, hyphen, and the day that you died. And in between, that's just your life, that hyphen. That's just how short our life is. We need to realize, just like the Apostle Paul, that nothing in this world can compare to the life of knowing Jesus. More and more every day. I'm not against, you know, wealth and we, 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 need, we need that to survive. We need to, we need to invest. We need to be wise in, in our money. And all that. I believe in that. But what I'm trying to say is none of those things can compare to the relationship that we have. Because at the end of the day, all those things are going to be gone. We're not going to bring them in our, in, you know, in our, uh, when we get buried. But we're, what, what matters is our relationship with God. David once wrote in the Psalms, Psalms chapter 63, verse 1 to 3. He wrote this when he was in the wilderness of Judah. He said, O oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsted for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. 
he compared himself to a person that is really desperate, being in the wilderness, and parched and in desperate need of water. And while he was there, his desire is in verse 2, to see thy power and thy glory. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. In verse 3, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. His desire to build relationship with God, knowing and experiencing Him, you know, uh, it's, it's greater than, it, uh, His loving kindness is greater and better than life. Whatever pleasure, whatever goodness and comfort this world could offer cannot compare to God's love and kindness. It is better than life. It's better than life. David, he is, you know, he experienced his life, everything. He became king. He had family. Why, you know, he had wives. He had throne. He had wealth. But he had this real, uh, realization that he needed God more than ever before. Despite of the status and position that he had, he still wanted to have that relationship with God. His loving kindness is better than life. Moses, Moses who grew up in a powerful kingdom and family in Egypt. He had all the things that he needed. He had the wealth, the power, and he could be next on the throne. But there's one thing that he realized. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 to 26. The Bible said, By faith, Moses, when he came to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's son, daughter. In verse 25, Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He understood that the, the pleasure that you can enjoy in this life is only for a season. It's only for temporary. And he realized, Moses realized that he esteemed that reproach of Christ is greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He realized that I'd rather suffer affliction with the people of God because the things that I'm enjoying right now in the kingdom is just a temporary. Because I'm looking more of my reward that is the eternal one, not just the one that I have in this world. I want to choose the reproach of Christ because it is greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. He had that comparison. Moses had an understanding that our heavenly gain is far beyond greater than the world can offer. What happened is, sin and the world, how they do things is, they attract people to enjoy now and then pay later. Enjoy now and you'll pay later on in your life. You'll suffer your consequences. And if you don't, you know, if you don't, 
do things properly, and then at the latter part of your life, there's where, that's where the enemy starts to ask for the payment. But for the kingdom of God, you may suffer right now. I'm not promoting suffering. Nobody wants suffering. I don't want suffering too. But what I'm trying to say is, I'd rather stand with my faith, even though people don't understand it and persecute it. But I'd rather stand with my faith and enjoy latter part and receive that eternal life and that gift that God has given, the promise, the heavenly gain. I'd rather have that. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Paul said, While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. He's trying to make us realize, trying to tell the, the, the church in Corinth that what the things that you're seeing right now in the, in the, in the physical realm, those are temporal. But the things which are not seen, the things that are invisible, they are eternal. Trying to remind the people there, put your priorities straight. Put your priorities straight. I'm about to close now, but Job and Solomon. The Bible says that Job lost everything and Solomon gained everything. It says that nobody suffered like Job like Job, and nobody gained that wealth like Solomon. But, uh, but at the conclusion of the book of Ecclesiastes, the only, meaning, the only thing meaningful in this life is uh, it, it says that fear God and keep His commandments, for it is the whole duty of man. That's what it all matters, to have that fear of the Lord. Not fear that you are shaking, that you are scared, but fear that you have in awe of God. We need to have that awe of God in our lives. That desire that we don't want to be separated with God. Fear God and keep His commandments for it is the whole duty of man. Only what's done for Christ will last. Knowing Jesus and experiencing His love and power in our lives is the greatest satisfaction we can ever achieve in this world. Lastly, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, the, the scripture that we read, Paul said, Yes, everything is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For His sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ. He'd rather remove things in his life that are unnecessary. All he needs is, all he wants is Jesus Christ in his life. He wants to gain Jesus Christ. And we need the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all we need. He is our peace in the midst of the storm. He is the joy that the world cannot take away. He is our comfort. He is our strength when we are weak. He is our provision when we are in lack. He is our shield 
in our buckler. He is our Savior. He is our healer when we are sick. He is our Heavenly Father. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He fixed my mess, my life. Hallelujah. When things are going nowhere, I need Jesus Christ in my life. I'd rather have Jesus than the things of this world. You can have the whole world, but just give me Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I, I want to request music to please come. Amen. I want to sing the song that's entitled, I'd Rather Have Jesus. But tonight, church, just let, just, just let the message of the Lord just sing in, into our minds and into our hearts right now. Maybe this message is not for something that we jump and dance and just hurrah. All those, you know, I mean, not pumping everything up. But I'm here tonight trying to plea, trying to encourage everyone. We are blessed people. God has given everything that we need. But we need to realize that more than the things of this world, Him, Jesus, He is what matters the most, our relationship. The enemy can take everything in us, but not our faith, not our praise, not our thanksgiving to Him. Because everything that we have, we are in awe. We are, hallelujah, we are grateful for the things that He has done in our lives. If you don't have Jesus in your life, or if you haven't encountered the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, you may be longing for a different life. You may be here and you might be watching right now tonight. Hallelujah. And you've tried everything in this world. Tried to find that joy. You tried your best to find that satisfaction. You tried all the relationships that you could go meet other people. Try to build relationship and friendship. Try to gain as many money as you can. Try to build your career and earn a position and status in this world. But at the end of the day, when you come home and you find yourself, it's still not enough. That there's still an emptiness in your heart. You're longing for something that cannot be filled. And tonight, let me tell you, it is Jesus. It is He who can fill your life. It is He that you need it. He will be the one to satisfy you. He will be the one to bless you and complete you. You don't need to go anywhere. Hallelujah. You just need Jesus. And He is here tonight. If you need, hallelujah, difference in your life, try Jesus. You may have tried everything, but you haven't tried Jesus. Hallelujah. If you want to relate, if you want to understand what I'm trying to say tonight, experience Him the way God had, uh, the way I have experienced God in my life. If you want to know why I sing praises to Him, if you want to know why I raise up my hands and worship Him, if you want to know why I dance and jump and rejoice in Him, Come and experience His love tonight. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.